With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we are back on the air after the long weekend. Alan Wishart, the host chair, Steve on the board. First guest is on the phone line already, Chad Halini. Yes, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, is an assistant curator with the Exploration Place. Good morning, Chad. Good morning. Yes, and you are you are getting that right. Hey, it's a great start. Great start. <laughs> now, you are the guy, I guess, in charge of the latest exhibit, which opened, what, about a week ago? Um, yeah, just uh, just uh, a little over a week ago, um, it, it officially opened, mm-hmm. and yeah. So now, the exhibit is called World War Women. Yes, and not- World War Women. Yeah. It's all about uh, um, women's experiences during the First and Second World War, um, looking at it through, through uh, four overarching themes. Okay, now what are those themes? Uh, so women volunteering in the war, women serving in, in the armed forces, uh, women being recruited into new jobs, and, of course, um, women waiting at home for, for their mm-hmm. loved ones um, yes. coming back. Now, women entering the armed forces, but Canadian women never served combat roles, did they? No, no, they, they were all non-combatant roles, yeah. exactly. And that was in both world wars, obviously. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and I am quite freely mistaken, so I would not mind at all if you tell me that I am a total moron for this, I believe the Russians were the only um, army that actually had women in combat roles. Um, you know, I, I do not know off the top of my head, so you could very well be true. And um, that that sounds something like something that... Uh, could be very well true. Yeah, because I know I know that they did have women serving in combat roles because it was quite a shock for some of the other allies when they met up with Russian troops and found some of them were women. It was yes. yeah. <laughs> in fact, I, I I have heard stories about quite formidable snipers in the Russian army. Oh. Um, so so that that makes sense to me. But as as for them being the only army, I yeah. I don't know. Okay, and now it's for both world wars, but. It changed a lot between World War One and World War Two, didn't it? The roles women played. Yes. Um, well, in World War One, um, for instance, uh, women could only serve as nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, those roles uh, got quite quite heavily expanded um, in in World War Two. Okay. Now, you say volunteering. So would that be with things like Red Cross and things like that? Yeah, things like uh, Red Cross um, and, and other organizations. So, so um, there was a big push for putting together uh, care packages uh, for soldiers. Knitting became quite a uh, sign of patriotism uh, during that time. And um, um, so things like knit socks, uh, balaclavas, uh, rifle mittens, things like that were, were knit for, for the troops on the front line. And uh, quite frequently, they, they'd send little messages in with, with those knit goods for, for soldiers to, to write back and, and, and have someone um, overseas that, that was willing to write back and forth with them. Good. Now, this is not an exhibit that the, explora- that the exploration place developed, is it? No, no, no. This is uh, from the Canadian War Museum. Okay, so how did you guys come to how how did you guys come to get this one? Have you been? Is this one that's been in the works for a while and it just it, got here? Or 
Yes, well, it's been in the works for a while, um, and we, we have planned to have this exhibit um, far earlier, but of course uh, COVID did a, mm. a whole bunch of, of fun little delays for things, so, so it's finally here. Okay. Now, how long is it here? Get that out of the way first. It's, uh, it's, um, its last day is going to be September 3rd. So that, if I remember correctly, that puts it right around Labor Day then, probably the day before? Exactly. Okay. So, so you, basically, you've got two months to see it. Yes, yes, and it's a, it's well worth with uh, coming down and visiting. It's it's quite incredible. Some of the stories and um, some of the items in in this exhibit are just fantastic. Now, I know from talking with Tracy on previous exhibits at the Exploration Place, uh, sometimes you guys don't have room for the full exhibit. Is this one the full exhibit? Oh yes, this is this is the full exhibit. Our new um, uh, exhibit gallery, where we host traveling exhibits, uh, is quite a, a lot bigger mm-hmm. than than we used to have, to have as a gallery. So, so this is very much the full exhibit. So, in to some extent, the the, the delays actually worked out in your favor because before that, you didn't have that big gallery. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you have to take the good with the bad, right? <laughs> now. Something I've wondered about at times, this was developed by the Canadian War Museum, and you guys are running it. Do they send you a map showing where everything goes? Do they have somebody come out with the exhibit to help set it up, or is it up to you guys? Yep, no, um, they they, uh, sent an exhibit preparator um, up uh, with the exhibit, um, and uh, we worked uh, with each other Mm -hmm. to to look at our our, uh, floor plan, our floor space, and to to make sure that it was exhibited in the the best best possible way with the the most logical flow to it. That's what I was about to ask. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. So there is is sort of a flow to it. Like, does it start with World War I and go to World War II, or does it go through each of the roles? Well, it it tells stories in in those four arching, Mm. overarching themes that do have a flow to them. Okay. But the two wars are are definitely intermingled with each other throughout the exhibit. Now, Sort of a strange question, again, one you may not be able to answer. Are there any of the women involved in in World War Women who were in both wars? Um, no. No, not that I, not that I know of, no. Okay. Yeah, I guess it would have been a little bit difficult, but at the same time, if they were doing things at home, as you say, doing the knitting and stuff like that. And, yes, there very well could have been people uh, who who were volunteering. Um, unfortunately, a, a lot of the time, um, those those volunteers uh, uh, became kind of a, a nameless army of of people, right? Yes. So, gee, I wonder. Not much has changed, has it? <laughs> we still have no. nameless armies of volunteers around Prince George. Yes. <laughs> so. How did you come, like, you're the assistant curator, how did you come to be the one doing the exhibit setup? Oh, well, it's just part of part of the job. We have, uh, okay. um, I mean, we we have uh, a small staff, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the curatorial staff um, that, that primarily uh, does, does exhibit setup um, when we're, either when we're doing our own exhibits or when we have a traveling exhibit like this. So now... When you guys got the word that, yes, you were going to have it, and you got the dates figured out as to when it was going to be here, were you on it from the word go? 
sorry, I, I, I couldn't quite make, make out sorry. that last part. Were you on the exhibit from the word go? Like, was it uh, your responsibility as soon as you guys found out you were getting it? Oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a bit of a cold somehow over the weekend. Um, so when that happened and you got the dates, was there a point at which you started corresponding with somebody at the War Museum and maybe sending them a picture of what your exhibit space looked like so you could start to sort of map out where things were going before they got here? Oh, precisely. Yeah. So um, we we work with with whatever museum we're um, bringing in traveling exhibits from. Um, we get their tech support. We get their marketing people. Um, all sorts of things get uh, get figured out um, as we're as we're approaching the date. Um, we send them floor plans, photos, whatever sort of information. Yeah. Now, when they got when you sent them the floor plans and everything. Did they get back? Did there seem to be any problems with them at all? Like, were they getting back to you and saying, "Well, can we work this around somehow?" Nope, not at all. Um, these these are uh, pretty basic um, exhibit spaces mm-hmm. from from place to place, um, and these traveling exhibits are are very much meant to uh, accommodate any any number of of locations. So so there's there's always a plan B through. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, is it all visual? Yes. Uh, well, and there's there's definitely some audio in there, okay. um, but it is it is audio visual. There's there's some some ex- excellent excellent film footage um, um, incorporated into it as well. Um, there's there's uh, all sorts of digital images. There's all sorts of artifacts. Um, all sorts of photos. So. How tough was it when the exhibit got here for you to not just spend the next two days just looking at everything yourself? That's always the challenge, and we have, especially when we have um, a deadline for opening. Um, it's it's always the challenge uh, not to get um, completely absorbed mm-hmm. in in uh, the the all of the these wonderful things themselves. Um, you know, we, we realize that we have time after after it's mm-hmm. set up to, to go through and look at all of it. Um, but it is it is always a challenge. And, and um, uh, you know, especially before artifacts go into cases and such, um, you just want to sit there and, and, and take it all in. But, uh, but you got to keep on schedule. Yeah. Were there any particular artifacts that you really were interested in? Um, I really liked um, the uh, the glass eyes. Um, so um, so people lose their eyes all the time, and and there was people who who tell you this one woman in particular. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot remember her name off the top of my head, um, but uh, she took quite quite uh, a lot of pride in in these these glass eyes that. Um, that uh, she had produced, um, and they they had a lot of character to them. Let's say, um, I I really like the knit uh, uh, balaclava, um, and uh, there is a mourning veil, which of course it's quite, of you know, it's 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 a it's a hard topic to deal with, yes. but uh, but the mourning veil itself is is quite quite a neat piece. Yeah. Now I'm guessing there must be. I'm thinking there would be a lot of personal letters in the exhibit as well, right? Oh yes, um, a lot of a lot of letters, um, a lot of correspondence back and forth between um, 
the armed forces and and families at home, um, and uh, it's 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 quite um, it's quite something to read the emotion in the the letters um, that are sent between family members, and then just this um, you know blunt reality of the situation sent from the armed forces to to uh, loved ones waiting at home. Um, and of course, you know, there's a reason that they 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 do that, but uh, but it's quite the contrast for sure. Yeah. Now, when you're looking at the letters, especially the ones coming from the people fighting overseas back to their family at home, can you go through the letters and can you see where they may have been censored? Like, are there areas where there's something that's been blacked out, even just with a marking pen or something? Because it was something the military said, no, you can't talk about that. No, um, okay. there's nothing necessarily to that effect. Um, there are uh, instances where, for instance, um, family members at home are being informed um, that, um, you know, their loved one is missing in action, Ugh, yeah. um, presumed dead. But this is the location um, uh, of of their, their last transmission. But please do not... Do not make that known because right. that's a national security uh, risk. Um, so, so nothing, nothing um, um, in their letters that have been uh, redacted as as to locations and, and things like that. But, um, but definitely uh, things alluding to that. Okay. Now, the exhibit. How long? If somebody was just going through the exhibit at I hate to use the term, a reasonable pace, how long would it take? Oh, well, I mean, that definitely um, depends on the person. I, I say that if you're going through at a, at a non-rushed pace, um, you can easily spend um, an hour in there looking, looking at all of the, the images, reading through all the letters. Um, and um, there's, there are some, some interactive um, sections as well. Um, so... So it really depends on the person. I mean, someone. I mean, I I I can stare at some of the artifacts for mm. for you know hours on end. Um, but that's just me. Um, so so I would say uh, anywhere from half an hour to an hour if if okay. you're going at a at a good pace. Yeah, but you can obviously you you can spend a fair bit more time on there as well. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Okay, Chatelinius. Um, the Exploration Place Assistant Curator. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about World War I. Thank you very much for your interest. Okay. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. There isn't much that a country singer hasn't covered in a song. If you want to hear songs about new love, lost love, drinking, fighting, cowboys, trains, traveling, and everything else, then tune into the Country Cavalcade every Wednesday, 6 to 8, where I cover music from the 20s to the 90s, as well as today's traditional independent artists. You'll hear from such greats as the Carter family, Johnny Horton, Vern Charlton, and so much more. The Country Cavalcade, Wednesday, 6 to 8, only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM with me, Corey Walsh. At Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery, we ask numerous diabetics to monitor their blood sugar after enjoying our baked goods and then share the results with us. Some said blood sugar went up, but the change was so mild it was irrelevant. Several said their blood sugar was unchanged, and several others showed us their blood sugar actually went down after eating our baked treats. If you're diabetic, 
Check us out for yourself. You'll love our baking at Deb's Cafe on 7th and Quebec, next to Pharmasave. Ron's Hole in the Wall is now open six days a week in the Q3 Creative Business Hub. Stop by and check out his great assortment of books, magazines, DVDs, and collectibles. Tuesday through Friday between 10 and 2. Ron's Hole in the Wall is also open during the Q3 Community Market, Saturday from 8.30 to 2. Drop in regularly as always something different in store. Ron's Hole in the Wall now open Tuesday through Saturday in the Q3 Creative Business Hub, downtown at the corner of Quebec and 3rd. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly sunny today with local smoke, wind becoming north 20 this afternoon, a high of 25 with a high UV index. Tonight, a few clouds, north winds becoming light this evening, a low of 9. For Wednesday, mainly sunny, a high of 28 with a high UV index. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And from an exhibit at the Exploration Place that's going on right now, there's something at Two Rivers Gallery, which isn't an exhibit, but it's coming up this weekend. Uh, joined on the phone now by Sophia, and I hope you got this right, Comus, who is the Director of Learning and Engagement at Two Rivers Gallery. Good morning, Sophia. Good morning. How are you? Good. How close was I on the pronunciation of the last name? Is it Comus? Uh, yeah, Comus, yeah. Comus, okay. <coughs> now, this is an event that I know people in Prince George wait for every year, especially the young ones. You guys have got the community, the BMO Community Art Days coming up again this weekend. Yeah, that's right. So this year, BMO Community Art Days, uh, you know, rebranded from Kids Art Days, is really mm-hmm. going to be very exciting. We have so much growth that we've done as an organization and uh, really a vision for the event, uh, making it inclusive for everyone and of all ages. We have uh, lovely community artists coming, free art activities, you know, live music and performers, uh, you know, food trucks, and we have uh, an addition of local artisan vendors uh, mm-hmm. for people who do maybe want to shop around or find something nice to take home. Now, it is happening Friday and Saturday, Canada Games Plaza, right in front of Tuber's Gallery. Now, is everything outside, or is there going to be some stuff inside the gallery? Outside and inside, so we're going to have a little break from the sun. We're going to mm-hmm. have a bunch of uh, tents and place to eat outside. Inside the gallery, you'll be able to look at our wonderful exhibits. Mm-hmm. And also, we have a very exciting collaboration with local artist Kim Hayhurst, right. an owner of Makery, who is going to be greening the gallery with uh, uh, floral sculptures uh, that have been made in our regional outreach exhibit and mm-hmm. also by Kim. So it's going to be a huge paper garden that you can see, a community garden, if you will, in the gallery to be able to see and also be able to add to during July 7th and 8th. So it's actually opening on Community Art Days, and it's going to be very exciting. Now, where in the gallery is it going to be? Is it going to be in the Rustad Galleria? Yes, so the installation is going to take up that whole space, and then Kim is going to be there the day of showing you how to make your own paper plant if you would like to add to the community garden. And uh, really, uh, yeah, it would be really exciting. Now, do the things you create have to be green? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we've got, uh, we've got watercolors and, uh, you know, you can paint it whatever you're feeling that day, mm-hmm. whatever color. Yeah. So now, is there... Um is there any theme 
to the uh, community art days this year? Because I know every once in a while in the past they have a little bit of an overriding theme. Is there any theme this year? That's right, yeah. So this year our theme is growth, uh, you know, hence uh, a garden, but also uh, including uh, different perspectives. And for healthy community, it's really important to be able to empathize and see other perspectives. Uh, you know, one artist we have joining us, uh, Paul DeGoodman, is uh, an artist who works out of Vancouver and Manila, mm. mainly. Yes. And he's going to be playing a traditional game played in the Philippines called Sipa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of a pre-colonial form of hacky sack, almost. <laughs> and he's going to be there uh, all day, both days, um, yeah, playing these games and leading really interesting conversations, you know, about experiences uh, for him in Canada, and uh, you know, it's really, really lovely. So his uh, this project is uh, a bigger project of his called Larona Tayo, and in Tagalog uh, translates uh, to "Let's play." Oh, make makes sense. Yeah. Now, are there going to be? So he's going to be there. Paul's going to be there. Are there going to be some local performers on stage as well? I think you were saying something about some music. Yeah, that's right. So Paul, he's going to be. Off stage mm-hmm. uh, in the park, right? It's going to be a very uh, a lot more casual going uh, going up playing some pipa with him. Uh, and on the stage, we have yeah uh, local artists. We have Far From Linear, um, yeah, a great big lineup of artists oh, yeah. that day. So yeah, where are they going to be performing? Like, you're, you're <coughs> are you going to have a stage set up then in the uh, in the plaza? That's right. So there's going to be a stage. Uh, set up outside among all the booths and activities, and it's just going to be going on nonstop all day. So uh, there's going to be chairs and places to sit down around. Oh, good. Uh, this is an event you can really make a whole day of, you know, go listen to music, go do some art, go get some food, and uh, yeah, really just enjoy the plaza and uh, the collection of community now, obviously, a lot of community groups involved, and I'm pretty sure there was one where I was actually talking to them last week. I believe the library is going to be involved. Yes, we have the Prince George Public Library, which is such a fantastic organization. All the things they do yeah. and community involvement, uh, yeah, we love them very much and love working with them. And they're right there, so it's handy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, important for... Uh, neighboring organizations to work together, and uh, again, they do so many wonderful things. So we're going to have their uh, their giant chessboard. Oh. You can come have a, have a game with, mm-hmm. and uh, come talk to them, and yeah, really, uh, really get to enjoy them. Yeah. And now I'm just looking at the press release that was sent out, or the media release. Um, you've got. There's going to be a railway running right through the middle of the uh, plaza as well. Yeah, that's right. So uh, taking up some of the parking lot uh, next to the event, right, we're going to have the Cottonwood Express, mm. uh, thanks to the wonderful uh, Railway Museum here yeah. in Prince George. Um, also fantastic community partners to have. Um, this is such a wonderful time of year to get to collaborate with folks. Uh, Prince George has such... Uh, rich and loving community, especially in nonprofits, and it's so exciting to be able to celebrate everyone together. Yeah. Okay. Sophia, going to take a quick break, come back and talk some more about BMO Community Art Days in a moment after nine.
Competent Boards Professional Development and Advisory Services is pleased to announce a new on-demand course, the Cyber Risk and Strategy Certificate Program. Offered in partnership with Diligent, the course is an exclusive e-learning curriculum developed in collaboration with global cyber experts. The program includes five sessions featuring videos from industry experts, curated readings, a comprehensive exam, and more. Registration and full details are available through the Cyber Risk and Strategy link under Programs at competentboards.com. Are you thinking of selling your business? It's Dave Fuller here, a business coach and a business broker living right here in Prince George. The challenge of being a business owner is that much of our retirement funds are often tied up in the business. If you are getting ready to retire and sell your business, give me a call, 250-617-7467, and we can talk confidentially about how much your business might be worth and how you might be able to get that money out of the business and into your pocket. Again, Dave Fuller, 250-617-7467, or check out our website, Pivot leader.com at pivot leader we help you grow train and sell your business eat healthy and fresh at homesteader meats founded by ben and Rosella clausen in 1982 homesteader meats has two premium quality meat and gluten-free products plus wednesday is seniors day at homesteader meats seniors 55 and over save 10 percent off regular prices single portions are available in most items including pierogies and sausages and our half pound packages off ground beef ground pork stew meat and meat pies. Everything from Erladen to Patties is at Homesteader Meats in two locations, College Heights and Park Hill Center. Check out Vantage Point's latest podcast from Maria Turnbull, hosting David Lee from Mosaic and fellow consultants J.P. Baker and Doria Toon in a roundtable conversation about the power of collaboration and the key elements and systems for impactful working partnerships. The collaboration continuum, it starts with a connection, and other recent Vantage Point podcasts are available online. Access them today through the media menu at thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point, transforming not-for-profit leadership. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Sophia, BMO Community Art Days come up July 7th and 8th, Canada Games Plaza. What time does it run each day? Yeah, so come on over at 10 in the morning. We're going to be opened up and ready to see everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's going to go from 10 to 3 in the afternoon okay. both days. Yeah. And you were saying, and again, this is something I always like to check on because this is something that people in Prince George need to know before they go to an event. You were saying there are gonna, there is going to be food. Yes, there is going to be food. That's right. People in Prince George need to know that there's food before they come out to an event, I find. Well, maybe not absolutely, but it definitely helps to get people out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's going to be food trucks set up the whole way. We're going to have picnic tables, lots of places to eat. Yeah, great vendors, uh, pretty good uh, smattering of Mm -hmm. selection for a range of palettes. Yeah. And, you know, what more What more can you want with food and entertainment yeah. and uh, great company? Now, one thing that people might need to know as well, because it has changed, is what is the parking like at Two Rivers Gallery right now? Because I think that parking lot uh, beside the Civic Center has really changed, hasn't it? Yes, that's <laughs> right. So uh, it was a pool and a small adjoining parking yes. lot. Uh, where the old pool was, it's just a huge parking lot now. So there should be lots of spaces to come and find a spot to park. Uh, the parking lot's going to share a bit of the railway, that, museums, 
space, but that is, uh, that's where to go, right next to the gallery. Yeah. So make sure before you park, make sure there isn't a rail track running through the parking spot that you're looking at. Yes, please. Because that could be dangerous. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. Now, is this the first time you've worked on the Community Art Days? Ah, what a fantastic question. No, um, I uh, was actually a summer student uh, previously, uh, many years ago, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I worked as a, our uh, BMO Kids Art Coordinator um, before it was rebranded. Yeah. So uh, this year it's really exciting to work in a different capacity. I'm now uh, Director of Learning Engagement yeah. at Two Rivers Gallery, and I'm able to work with our fantastic uh, BMO Community Art Days coordinator. Uh, uh, Sarah mm-hmm. uh, is her name, and she's been doing such a fantastic job getting all of this event together. Um, she's, uh, yeah, really been uh, spectacular, and, uh, you know, our summer students are so valuable uh, being able to interact with uh, the community and get this wonderful experience. So, so the nice thing, as far as you're concerned, now is that you're the boss. Uh, yes, everyone. Um, yes, you know, I try to, I try to be. Yeah, and everybody listens to you completely and entirely, right? Uh, no. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, great teamwork. Uh, you know, everyone. Uh, yeah, feels safe to share, and uh, you know, it's all collaborative. Yeah. yeah. Now, are there any, we talked about the library a little bit, are there any other community groups who are going to have displays or anything set up? Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, the Métis Society is coming uh, with a booth. We have uh, REAPS. We have the SPCA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have uh, many, uh, yeah. Many groups so, coming. Yeah, so basically, it's a, it's a chance to come out. And not just, it, it's community art days, but it's so much more than art, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, the, the emphasis uh, on community and mm-hmm. art is so important. Uh, there's uh, so much to engage with. Yeah. Now, you were saying you've got some summer students there. Are they running different things during the community art days, or are they just sort of overseeing things a little bit? Yeah, so our students and staff, this is an all-hands-on-deck event for us at the gallery. Uh, we have staff supporting all the events and going to be running around in different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have such a fantastic range of volunteers that come out for the event, and emphasizing that community again, this whole event could not be possible without the fantastic support of our volunteers, yes. and we're so grateful that so many people come out every year to support this event and make sure that uh, that it can happen as uh, as well as it does. Now, again, going back a ways, you said you were there um, as a summer student when it was still kids' art days. One thing I'm trying to remember, because I think this was something that happened almost every year there, was they had like the um, paper rockets. Yeah, the paper rockets. Um, so the the rockets this year are going to be a bit of a different uh, imagination okay. of them. They're going to be uh, bottle rockets, uh, little film canisters, and Alka-Seltzer tablets. Okay. Oh. Sort of, and, sort of like that Mentos thing you see on TV. Yeah, just like that. Uh, pressure builds up and it goes pop. Yeah. Uh, the former rocket launcher... Uh, 
as fun as it is, sometimes uh, the pressure builds up too much, and mm. uh, someone's, uh, you know, a young one's rocket totally explodes, and uh, That's not we're good. trying to avoid yes. those tears this year. Yes. So there will still be, you'll still get the chance to launch rockets, it's just a slightly different form of rockets. Yeah. Okay. And again, I'm guessing, though, for people who are there, that's something to just keep your eye open for as well, though. Even though it's a, even though it's a safer thing, obviously, it's still going to be rockets going up into the air. Yeah, yeah, much lower power. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, much more user-friendly mm-hmm. than it has been in the past. Uh, with the rockets, you also have the giant paint spinners. Oh, oh. Uh, community favorite. Yes. Uh, huge, huge spinning contraption. You get to make lovely, really kind of psychedelic art with it. Mm-hmm. Um, really something fun to check out. We also have a uh, community coloring sheet uh, that's going to be available for people to add to. Uh, we have a uh, local artist called Rana Saray. Mm-hmm. Uh, she from Iran a few years ago, uh, but she's done fantastic work in our exhibitions at the gallery, and she is the artist who has designed the logo for this year, which, if you haven't seen it uh, yet, look it up at tourgallery.ca. The logo for Community Art Days this year is so fantastic, so many little characters, um, and it's really, really quite lovely. The characters in the art are actually expanded, and uh, we've uh, printed them out. Uh, to be hidden in the gallery as sort of a scavenger hunt oh, on the day. Okay. So now, if people want more information, like, do you have, like, a schedule of the events that are taking place during both days on the website as well? Uh, yeah, we have a, 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 a loose schedule mm-hmm. uh, for one to attend on the website. And the day of, as people enter, we'll have a welcome booth with a uh, full itinerary ah, okay. uh, when you walk in. Okay. So one, so again, this being Prince George, it's on the day of is when we actually nail down what we're doing. Yes. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Sophia Comos, Two Rivers Gallery, Director of Learning and Engagement. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about the BMO Community Art Days coming up on Friday and Saturday. And I hope you got a crowd. Yes, thank you so much, Alan. Always a pleasure. Okay. Take another quick break and be back with more. After nine. If you love building with Lego, the Prince George Public Library is giving you a chance to indulge your passion. The library has free drop-in sessions for Lego builders ages 5 to 18 on Mondays at the Downtown Branch and Tuesdays at the Nichaco Branch. Each session runs from 3 to 5 and Lego time runs until the end of August. The library supplies the Lego. You supply the creativity. That's free drop-in Lego time, Mondays at the Downtown Library and Tuesdays at the Nachaco Branch, from 3 to 5 each day. Lunch is on at the Elder Citizens Recreation Association. Open Monday through Friday, excluding holidays. Enjoy a nutritious and delicious meal at a great price. Stop by the center to pick up this month's menu schedule. Then dine in or order ahead for takeout. For more information, stop by or contact the center at 250-561-9381. That's lunch, available Monday through Friday from 11.30 to 1 at the ECRA on 10th between Vancouver and Winnipeg Street. If you believe someone you know might be a victim of elder abuse, turn your concerns over to the professionals and let them investigate. Do not confront the abuser yourself. Let the professionals determine if abuse is occurring. The Prince George Council of Seniors has a list of numbers you can call and websites you can visit for more information. Pick up the list at the Seniors Resource Center at 1330 Fifth Avenue or call 
564-9100. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly sunny today with local smoke, wind becoming north 20 this afternoon, a high of 25 with a high UV index. Tonight, a few clouds, north winds becoming light this evening, a low of 9. For Wednesday, mainly sunny, a high of 28 with a high UV index. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And if it's a Tuesday near the beginning of the month, the odds are we're chatting with someone from Books and Company. And this time around, Kaylee Vandermeer drew the short straw and has to put up with me. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning. How's it going? <laughs> well, as I think people have been able to tell during the show, I... Somehow, I managed to, on July the 1st, halfway through the year, in the middle of summer, pick up a cold. Oh, dang. Way to go. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm proud of myself to some extent. But yeah, yeah. But it is summertime, mm-hmm. and that means people go on holidays, Yep. and they have extra time, and that means, hopefully, books and reading. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yes. Now... <laughs> When you are, when they actually allow you to take a break from Books and Company, you've got some time off, do you prefer to have a longer book that you've meant to get around to read, or do you like to have some shorter books that you can just pick up and then drop again if you want to? Um, I'm not a big fan, although I do it. I'm not a big fan of picking up books and dropping them again. I don't like the Mm. half and half, although I am looking a little bit more into books of essays and short stories for that purpose, because yes. I'm, I'm coming around to the idea of, like, that might be the perfect summer books. So I'm trying to work on a section in the store for the next two months where we have a bunch of fiction and nonfiction short stories. Mm. I haven't made a lot of progress with that yet. That's the project for this week. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, I usually go for, uh, I like in the summer especially a little bit more upbeat or, like, um, I don't want to have to... I don't want to be depressed the entire time yeah. I'm reading if I can help it, you know. So I like more upbeat books a lot of times. Um, I don't really mind the length of a book. I actually prefer longer books because if I get into a story, I want to live in that world as long as I can. Mm. Before um, you have to come back out to our world. Yeah, yeah. So like N.K. Jemison's 100,000 Kingdoms series, I bought all three of them in one giant book and there was a little novella Oof. on the end. That break of a book was probably my most memorable summer read because... I just lived in that world. It's all I did. I went to Mexico for two weeks. I read that book for two weeks, and it was wonderful. And that, the problem with a book like that, though, is you got to make sure you don't drop it on your foot. Or your face. It's a big book. Well, actually, if you're lying on your back reading it, it's also developing your arm strength, isn't it? Say, it is a bit of a workout. Yeah. 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 So now, now there were, you were talking about trying to get books of short stories. There was a series, not really, well, I guess it was, because you're all from the same publisher a few years ago, <coughs> where it was paperbacks, and it was like a hundred short stories, all, you know, there was like a hundred mysteries, and they were all very mm-hmm. short stories. There was a hundred scary stories, all very short, like you know, maybe three or four yep. pages maximum. Yeah. There are annuals that come out for most of our sections. Um, that are, you know, the top short stories in the sections. Mm. Sci-fi and fantasy are the most regular ones. There are regular sci-fi ones that come out. I've got one uh, wonderful steady customer who orders all of them. (laughs) So we've seen quite a few of them come through where they're just, you know, this is volume 39 and it's got the, you know, the 80 top stories in sci-fi this year. Wow. And a lot of it comes from, like, 
you can see really well-known authors on the front, you know, like there's Neil Gaiman, there's, um, uh, oh, what's his name, the guy that wrote um, The Martian. Oh, I should know his Gentleman name. Gentlemen, I should know his name, too. Yeah. Really you should. Think. You work in the bookstore. Weird. Andy I Weird. should, because uh-huh. I saw it. Uh-huh. Andy Weir. <laughs> but, like, so you see these big names, and it's just these little, you know, books that uh, of short stories, a couple pages, a couple chapters. I, and, uh, and, yeah, and it's never really something that I've looked into too deeply. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, you know, that might be a really nice thing, especially if you're, like, let's say you're going on a flight or um, you're catching the bus. Yeah. Or something like that, and you just want to read something for the duration of being on the bus, it's nice. Yeah, and the other thing is, sometimes with things like that as well, you don't know for sure how much time you're going to have. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a bunch of short stories, you finish one, you look around, okay, it doesn't look like we're getting ready to go yet, okay, I'll read the next one. Yep, and you don't have to commit a lot of time to getting into this world and learning the lingo and figuring out, you know, the politics of the world or the, you know, the culture of the world <laughs> if there's things that don't quite match up and you have to... Kind of suss it out for yourself. Yeah, and then you have yeah. to come back to our world sometimes. Yeah, sometimes that can suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, oh, I can't remember we were talking about this the last time, but I noticed you guys now have a new sidewalk at the front of the building. We do. Yes. Yes, and it wasn't. Uh, it didn't take up the full two months. No, <laughs> good. Like the project last year did. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah, we got a new sidewalk. We got. That spanky new front door uh, a year or two now. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the other new thing? Oh, we just got um, some new blowers to get the, the air circulating in the store. Ooh, Low upgrades. Yes. Low upgrades, yeah. So now, is it just about time to start moving all the sections around again then? <laughs> it's a possibility. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're just working on a deep clean right now. We're trying to de-dust the store, which is a constant <laughs> battle. Um, yes. But about once a year, we like to try to like wipe down all the shelves. And uh, last the last couple of years have been a little hectic and have, it hasn't gotten done. So we need to clean. Yeah, because I think with a bookstore, especially like yours, you might say, "Okay, we're going to dust down these shelves today." Okay, where are you going to put the books that are on those shelves? There's no it's space. Yeah, you have to carry around a cart and unload one shelf <laughs> at a time, wipe it down, put all the books back up. In an ideal world, alphabetize those books as you're putting them back up and make them look pretty. Uh huh. Yeah takes time in an ideal world in an ideal world yes we will just leave it at that <laughs> we work real hard to keep everything alphabetized but, i know uh, i know i've been in there and they do a, a good hard job life. Yeah. yes <laughs> the thing that drives i and this is i think driven librarians nuts for some time is what do you do when you've got a collection and it's an editor do you do it by the editor's name, or I've seen some people just put all those at the beginning and just do them by title at the beginning of the A's because there's yeah. not really an author. We, I, I actually quite like the way that our system ends up because sometimes we don't have to make that decision. We huh? just go by whatever the the collective will of all the other bookstores that have had that book in before because we all feed into the same database of information. Mm. So if they've all set the author as the editor just for the sake of simplicity, yeah. we can just go with that because that just means that it's going to be easier for us to find. And if there's no author, it's not like somebody else is going to seek out a specific author and like not be able to find it, right? Yeah. It, so, it, it's yeah. easier for you to find assuming the book sections haven't been moved around and you aren't quite up on the new places yet. This is true. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. So, what are, what are a couple of books that you're looking at reading this summer? Well, we spoke last time I was trying to get into all the solar punk 
books. Mm, yes. A bunch of them have come in. I've started reading um, Psalm for the Wild Bills. I think I started reading it um, the day that you and I spoke last. Ah, okay. Um, it's a quick little book, uh, and it is wonderful, Alan. It's mm. such a happy, <laughs> cozy book. I, it's it's fantastic. I love it. I haven't started the second one yet, but I cannot wait to get started on it. It's It's great. It's so nice to read any sort of slash punk books that aren't dystopias, isn't it? It is. Yeah, no, this is post everything's gone to hell Mm -hmm. and they've kind of pieced things back together and one of the things that I really liked was um, humans have decided that they get 50% of the land mass, which sounds like a lot, Mm -hmm. but the rest of the the other half of the land mass on the planet has been designated as a as a reserve and like is not for humans to live in or really even go into um, and uh, and the concept of that is lovely yeah yeah now 50 as you were saying 50 percent of the land mass it sounds like a fair bit some people and other people might go well, we only get 50 percent well how much of Canada have we settled yeah, that's a good question. I feel like not that not that much. No. Yeah. I mean, you can think about it. They say, what, 90% of the population of Canada is within 50 or 100 miles of the border. Yeah. Yeah, so it might be a good ratio. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's a lot of, like, other um, eco-sustainable things in the, in the book that mm-hmm. kind of lends itself to, you know, human society as it operates and grows is not infringing on, you know, the half of the planet, air quality-wise, pollution-wise, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's lovely. Okay. Okay, then we're going to take a quick break, and then hopefully I won't bring you down in the second part of this conversation, which we'll get to after nine. Foodie Fridays is returning to downtown Prince George after a three-year absence. Foodie Fridays will run once a week from now until September 1st. Join in the fun at the Canada Games Plaza and support your local vendors and entertainers. Those who want to take part as vendors or entertainers can email services at princegeorge.ca. Foodie Fridays once a week between 12 and 4 at the Canada Games Plaza. If you're between the ages of 8 and 18 and love video games, set aside an hour a week to drop by the public library. Wednesdays at the Chaco branch and Thursdays at the downtown branch from 145 to 245 is the gaming hour. There will be a variety of video games to play and it's a chance to meet old friends and make new ones while having some video fun. The Gaming Hour, 145 to 245, Wednesdays at the Chaco branch and Thursdays at the downtown branch of the Prince George Public Library. Wildfires and flooding can have a significant impact on everyone's safety. Planning ahead can alleviate the stress caused by sudden changes or disturbed routines and may help people affected by dementia respond to situations more quickly. People living with dementia and their caregivers are encouraged to learn more on how to respond during an evacuation to prevent agitation. Check out Planning Ahead Emergency Preparedness for Caregivers at alzbc.org or go online to getprepared.gc.ca. The Prince George RCMP is asking for your help in finding 40-year-old Matthew Thomas Lance Alston, wanted for robbery, assault with a weapon, and uttering threats to cause bodily harm. Alston is described as a Caucasian male, 5'10", 133 pounds, with short brown hair, blue eyes, and multiple tattoos on his face. He is considered dangerous and should not be approached. If you know the whereabouts of Matthew Alston, please contact the RCMP immediately at 250-561-3300. 
It's after nine on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS FM. So, Kaylee, we've been talking about the reading you're going to be doing over the summer. Now, I know in the past, Books and Company has had a summer reading program on. Is there anything happening this year? No summer reading challenge this year. It flopped pretty heavy last year, so we have to give it a good uh, back-to-the-drawing-board session before we Ah. run that again. Okay. So (laughs) kids just have to come in and just find their own books. They're going to have to find their own books. We're happy to help people find books. We love giving out recommendations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you got any events coming up in the next month or so over there? Yeah, we don't ever often have a lot of events in the summer, no. but we do have a, a book launch and a signing this oh. Saturday. Okay. Um, she's a local author, Sarah Neeson, mm-hmm. and she's launching her first book called Truth and Smoke, which is an urban fantasy um, of a girl who uh, thinks that she's human and uh, slowly finds out that she's not. And it kind of gives me, um, like, Kelly Armstrong vibes, kind of the gritty, dark uh, urban fantasies. You know, it happens in cities in real life. It happens in our world. It's just kind of like in the shadows. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I think it looks great. Let's see. Things that happen in the real world, a lot of people say are bad enough. Happening in the shadows of the real world. Shadows. Okay, now this is getting... You know what, if things that happen in the shadows are lended, you know, if you get a little bit of a fantastical element to it compared mm. to what, what happens in the shadows, I'm down with that. Yeah. Let's, let's make it a little bit more fairy tale esque Yes. Yeah. Now, are you getting any, have you got any words from other local authors besides Sarah about books that are coming out in the near future from local people? Uh, I get emails, and I always uh, encourage folks to... Uh, shoot me a, an email and, and let me know, and then we hook them up with the signing process and all that, doing a book launch with us. But we don't have a lot of other events happening until uh, I'm booking some events for, like, September and October right wow. now. So it looks like the fall we're going to have a lot more, which is a, which is a, Normal. a thing. Yeah. yeah. The fall book releases are definitely a thing. So we should see a few more in the fall. Um, and uh, I have one more event, I believe, in August. Okay. So uh, next time we chat, yeah. we'll have uh, another one to go over. Now, I'm thinking fall book releases, a lot of that is probably Christmas presents for people to think about, right? Christmas presents, back to school, yeah, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course, you're going to have kids going, wait a minute, I'm going back to school, I'm going to do some reading there, and you're telling me you want to give me a book that I can read as well? Yeah. Well, I mean, kids... Kids get their own books. I'm talking about yes. for parents. Mm, yes. <laughs> How to deal with a teenager. Yeah. You open it yeah. up and it says, you can't. No. Yeah. Here's here's a fantasy book to escape from yes. reality for a little bit. Yes. Here's a fantasy book about dealing really well with your teenager. Yeah. It's a fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Your, your teenager's uh, an orc now, and uh, it becomes a lot more interesting to have to deal with orc uh, puberty problem. Yeah. Now... You mentioning that just reminded me, because I was in there a couple of days ago, and holy cow, your guys' role-playing game section seems to be exploding. I know, it's doing so well. <clears throat> like it's, A lot of it is still um, Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. It looks like you've got almost every one of the uh, books, but you've also got a lot of other rule books, at least, core rule books, for, for mm. a fair number of other 
Yeah, we well, we kind of are going based off of what people are asking for, right? Mm. So, like, if we if we get a lot of, I think, Pathfinder's one that's quite a pop- right. popular. Yeah. Uh, so we have those ones in Vampire the Masquerade. Mm. Uh, beyond that, I'm not uh, like knowledgeable in that section at all, so I, I don't know much beyond that. But I can tell you that I'm quite impressed with what we're carrying and like how many yeah. folks are, are coming here and, and grabbing them. So it's yeah. awesome to see. Now, something else. I think I've, I think we've talked about this before because it's something also for summer jigsaw puzzles. Jigsaw puzzles are always going to be <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Less less vacation friendly, I think, unless you want to go for my favorites, which are the mini puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you're going out to the cabin or something like that, and you want to bring uh, something to do, it never hurts. The wooden no. ones, actually, I brought uh, some of our wooden puzzles out to um, on vacation last year. Yeah, and uh, they're all cut um, with with very intricate pieces and the huh. obviously the wooden puzzle pieces are very thick so they only fit together a certain way yes and some of the frustration comes from like you're going to have to have the full let's say perimeter of the puzzle done before everything's going to fit together and stay together because yes. there are some that like just don't interlock which they, they, they balance against each other yeah oh my gosh it drives me nuts but we had such a blast putting those puzzles together now one thing i am not sure if I've seen anything like this over there, because you've got the big section of puzzles, there are puzzle carriers you can get now, where you can have the puzzles with all their pieces, and it folds up, and you can actually carry it. And it, it, the, the two sections each have a little top to keep the, the pieces from falling out. I'm not familiar with mm. those ones, but we do have two other things both of which I own. We've got uh, puzzle mats, which let you roll up your puzzle okay, so that yeah. you can you can carry it around with you while you're you know while it's in progress. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and those work fantastically. Uh, and we do, I think, have a couple of those. And then you can get puzzle trays, which are fantastic if you're doing a really big puzzle, a thousand mm. piece puzzle for sorting, because you can kind of sort out these are all the blue pieces, these are all the yellow pieces, and um, and then deal with them when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've seen the puzzle mats before, and the big thing with them, I find, is remember to tie them up when you're finished rolling up the puzzle. Because mm, you yeah, don't want I it unrolling that. in the back of the vehicle while you're driving. You would be correct, indeed. <laughs> Did you, do you speak from experience? Uh, I refuse to answer on the grounds that to do so may incriminate me. <laughs> and, oh. Incriminate you? Who's puzzle? Um, well, I've just got to tell you about a puzzle that uh, my mom and a couple of us did recently. Mm-hmm. It was a thousand-piece puzzle, and it had a thousand pieces. Mm-hmm. The only thing was, when we finished the puzzle, there was a hole in it, and there was a duplicate piece. Oh, no. So there were a thousand pieces in the box. Oh, no. That is awful. Because I you know, I did, I wasn't working out all the time, but I would go over to mom's, and I would work on it, and there was the one piece... Up in this one corner, and I was thinking that piece should be so easy to find. Look at the colors and everything. Look at the shape. Just couldn't find it. Guess which piece was missing? The corner piece. Yes. Oh no, that's the worst. Uh, I have had. I have uh, because I'm sometimes a masochist. I bought our, yeah. myself one of our gradient puzzles. Oh, that's what you um, say. Yes. Which is beautiful mm-hmm. putting it together. But my God, you have to have such an eye for colors, and a lot of the gradient puzzles. Um, or at least the the brand that I bought, um, they use 
rotating patterns. So a lot of the pieces are identical, just a slightly different shade. Yeah. And uh, and the amount of taking puzzle pieces out and putting them back in <laughs> for that puzzle was painful. It was rough. When I finally got it done, again, beautiful puzzles. Those yep. puzzles look so pretty when you get them all done. But it was pain. So if anyone really wants a challenge, gradient puzzles are the way to go. <laughs> okay. But maybe not for a relaxing summer experience. Not necessarily relaxing. There's a lot of cussing and, like, mm-hmm. re, redoing the puzzle. Okay. Like, use it out and putting them back in. Kaylee Vandermeer, Books and Company. Where are you guys at? What's the website? We are at 1685 3rd Avenue. <laughs> and uh, you can find us right across the street from the Native Friendship Center. You can find us online at www.booksandcompany.ca. Thanks very much again, Kaylee. And I'm sure we'll chat with you or somebody else from there in about a month. Sounds good. Thanks, Alan. Okay. That'll do it for today's show. Kylie and Darren in tomorrow, After 9. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Darren Guess, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. Listen for a rebroadcast of today's program tonight at 10. And for past shows, check out the archives link at CFISFM.com. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email CFISFM at Yahoo.ca. This is Community Radio 93.1 CFISFM, proudly supported by Prince George businesses like Copar Administration.